tonight on Arena. Colm Keegan and Callie Ryan on transforming their hit stage show into an audio experience and new albums from Alicia Keys, Tom Morello and Aeon Station up for review. Five one double five one is the text. You can tweet the programme at RTE Arena. It's now 10 years since the influential spoken word play Three Men Talking About Things They Kind of Know About premiered at the Dublin Fringe Festival before touring Ireland and selling out shows in London and Paris. Writers Colm Keegan, Stephen Jim Smith and Kelly Ryan marked the anniversary, launched a newly recorded radio play at the Axis Ballymun this week and a, specially, a special limited 10th anniversary publication of the play is now available. Colm Keegan and Kelly Ryan are with me in studio now and there hasn't been a big falling out between the three of you. <laughs> no, we should point out straight away that it have been three men talking about the row they had. Um, yeah, yeah. Stephen just couldn't, Stephen James couldn't be here this evening. He's here. actually, he's, he's performing tonight yeah. and he lives down in Wexford now so he's, he's busy down there. We accepted that as an excuse. Well, so did we. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember, Colm, uh, seeing this play 10 years ago in the International and I remember the, the punch that it packed um, just put it in context of what you were doing with the play back then and the stories that you were telling. Yeah, well, it was kind of at the start of like what was a burgeoning and sort of spoken word scene that we was only coming into form and didn't really know what it was at the time. And myself, Callan, Stephen met and decided, Stephen said, we should try and do something for the fringe. So we burst into this kind of theatre thing. We, what we were doing was just poems and then interlocking mm. them together to make up a spoken word show. Um, and all of it was something that we were trying to define and explain and understand for ourselves at the time. And we ran it um, for six nights in the International Bar. And we brought, we brought in a director called Sarah Brennan, who's a brilliant director, and she gave it a whole new theatrical life. Um, and so, you know, it started off as text, as poems that we performed. And we thought it was great just to stand in front of a microphone yeah. and say poems. We were like, isn't this great, Sarah? And Sarah mm. was like, have you thought about moving around? So, But it became this mad theatrical experience. And then after that, it went down so well. It was nominated for an award. Um, and then the year after the project where with friends were running a, a series of bringing back shows that they thought could have been better celebrated and highlighted mm. and more attention for them. So we were in at that and then we linked in with Jen Coppner who's a theatre producer and we, we toured it around Ireland. We went to Bristol and uh, London yeah. and Paris. So yeah. it was just this, uh, had this mad life but it started off as text so it's mad to be back there again 10 yeah, years later yeah, with this is, book. It is interesting because that's what you, cause you you brought in a copy of the book for me uh, this evening as well and ble- beautiful publication it is. But Kelly, part part of what and, I, and when I listened because there is an audio mm. version as well we'll hear some of the audio as we're talking this evening. When I listened back to it today, I realised why I got such a punch in the stomach yeah. uh, 10 years ago. Because essentially what yourself, Colm and Stephen James Smith do, you tell your own stories. Deeply personal and, stories. Yeah, really personal yeah, stuff. Yeah, and, and I think that was kind of the, the the fundamentals of it was we wanted to be honest. We wanted to be true to what we uh, were experiencing at the time. I was a new father at the time. My father just passed away. Colm and Stephen then, as we wrote and sort of set the bar for each other and realised we have to be brutally truthful, but in a lyrical way because poetry can take away some of that edge for people. And it ended up being probably some of the more honest pieces we've ever written and 
there's sort of resonances, I think, for everyone out there. There's life, there's death, there's love, there's relationships. And then the theme of fatherhood kind of echoed through all of our work. So there was a lot of interlocking stuff there. And that's why the piece on the page and on the stage is this interwoven thing where yeah. all of our stories are different. But really, we they're human truths. Yeah, in, in some ways, what we get is uh, from each of you, this is simplifying it hugely. Yeah, yeah we get kind of a story from childhood, if you like, yeah. a story of first love and a story of what happened happens to relationships yeah, after they yeah, start yeah, exactly. yeah. kind of but and but it's it's they link in and out they of each do. other in a way that makes the three stories almost become a bigger story it's kind of a story of some uh, of, yeah. uh, of all of us of three men talking three men talking about things they kind of know about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's listen to um this is quite an early uh, input from you column that we're that we're getting you, you've told us in an earlier sequence about your childhood growing up in Ballymun and all of those type of things so this is your you're into your teen years now yeah. and this is the sequence we get from you and this is from the audio production when I was 17 I fell in love with the dark-haired, blue-eyed girl of my dreams. Right on the cusp of the second summer of love, back when the rave scene was still innocent and carefree, all peace and love and unity, and during the biggest rave Dublin had ever seen, we kissed in the strobes and the laser beams. We became inseparable then. It had an inevitability to it. We went everywhere together. Couldn't travel on a bus without wrapping around each other first. Shared everything. Headphones joints, ice creams, cigarette butts. We used to draw our pictures of a little raver flying up to the stars. A mutual friend, he had a tattooed in his arm. Petsy's proud of that now. I wrote our poems even. Show me any mountain to climb for you, I said. Show me any sea to swim. For you have ignited a fire in my heart which no one can ever dim. I meant it. Once we got the dart out to Bray Seafront, I can remember her freaking out and laughing because I fucked her into the sea. Stupid, boyish thing to do, but funny. That evening we kissed in the shadows of the promenade, my hands on her hips, salt in our lips, she whispered Colum's little pecks as I kissed her cheeks with the tide coming in round her feet. And connecting her all, those ritual phone calls, that tug in the gut from the dreaded engaged tone or the flutter in my throat, a whore evocative hello. Spending hours talking, not caring what's being said, just loving the play and our voices saying, you hang up, now you hang up instead. And at the end of one July, my family went away for the week. We sneaked her out to the house. We shared our bodies like secrets. Two years we were like that, free to enjoy each other's company until the news nobody is ready for. A pregnancy. And nine months later, into delivery ward, she handed me my daughter. I shaded just open blue eyes from those fluorescent lights and I promised I'd never live. It's, it's just extraordinary even listening to it again and we were talking about um, aspects of it there as we were, as we were listening to that too. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, this, it's the rawness of, the honesty of the stories that you're telling, uh, Colm, that, that really came back to me when I listened to it today, of that experience yeah. of 10 years ago. How difficult was it, you know, then and now to, because you had to go back in and mm. revisit those stories. Yeah. You know, we, we, we hear the, the difficulty that you experienced there with, the, you know, an initial teenage pregnancy. Then there's the joy of that, yeah. of that birth and it's, it's all there. And we, we see how that relationship develops. How difficult was it to revisit all of that 10 years on? That was actually a really 
that was a tough part of it, I think, in some ways to accept that we'd moved on and our lives have changed so much. And some of the people that we're talking about aren't in our lives anymore. Mm. And um, even I remember Stephen was saying that there were some things that he would have kind of uh, pulled back a little bit on too, you know. Um, I think one of the great things about the book is that whoever opens that book now, the person that's talking there still talks. It's like Socrates talking or Sappho talking. It's like... That person, yeah. that the person who wrote that, it's like the the mosquito caught number. It's there eternally. But when we we can't perform that play anymore, because like I'm a beer bellied forty six year old man. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm not that kind of fella like with no grey hair who stomped mm. around on stage and didn't. He's gone. Yeah. Well, he lives on in there, which is kind of mad. And yeah, profound. and you were also saying, Colin, that for you, uh, the, Stephen was very keen on the audio side of things. He yeah. wanted that to happen. Yeah. You were very keen on the book being published. Yeah, because and it's again, it's like my own personal bugbear is structure, you know, like and I mm. like to kind of how a poem looks on the page and its relationship, the relationship with the line break. You know, Simon Armand had always said spoken word is is flawed because of its lack of it doesn't yeah. bother with line breaks and I remember Sarah Brennan saying to me why do you stop there and I was like because that's where I hit enter on the page you know and the <laughs> next line starts what, what about for you Kelly was there what, which, yeah. which, was there a particular aspect that was more important than I, the other I, it's funny because you know with three you can always have a deciding vote you know there's you don't have to have a, a singular point of view yeah, the I, Tony Gregory of I, three men yeah. talking <laughs> I think the book is certainly a huge one for me because I think the written word is, is like in the beginning it was the word as they mm. say and I think that's a huge part for me but I think then there's a complementary factor here with the with the audio because of the music that elevates it and that experience Who is the music by the way? His name is Gareth Quinn Redmond he's an ambient musician an Irish musician superb and as you can hear from the, the recording I mean just spectacular sort of elevation of the words which never really existed in the original performance so from that perspective we've got like Colm said with the book and that you've got your document of a time mm. but you've also got something else to bring another level to and it And again you, you here were, were revisiting the, the death of your mother she yeah, the death of my mother and my father and, and that, those are tough things to revisit but because we'd gone through it one time there's something about it being a piece of art now and you can kind of return to return it and look at it in that way. way. Let's have a listen to a, a part of your section here because they, they, they are self-contained units but we listen sure. to about half of this one I think. Great. A few days after my parents' 20th wedding anniversary just a few hours after my mum died my dad decided we can't be alone tonight. And so we pulled our mattresses out onto the living room floor and we tried to sleep there in the big room by the big door. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night and this image is burned into my mind like a hot knife. My dad in the darkness, sitting on the wicker chair, rocking back and forth. Keenan saying, My wife. My wife. I realised that this loss was more than just a mother or a wife. It was a life. And that was gone now. An instant milestone to mark this time from that. I was a man. I was a child. I had gone in one quick instant from a child being cared for by a parent to a child caring for a parent. And when someone you love is sick, when you are in the thick of that, you're not thinking... You're just living. And you're never not tired. You're living off a hot tea and showers because sickness is this narrow space and their pain is always etched deep on your face. And afterwards, your memories are buckled. After they're gone, all you can remember is the sickness, how they looked and the state they were in. And I remember thinking, I do not 
want to remember my mother like this, not sick and gaunt, a bag of creaking knuckles and jaundiced skin. I want to remember her when we were giggling together, baking Swedish gingerbread men to hang on the Christmas tree. Baking Swedish gingerbread to hang yeah. on the Christmas tree. I presume that memory is still as oh bright Oh my God, today. and in fact, I was just thinking about I must get my skates on and, and bake some for Christmas now. We're not too far away. Yeah, that's it. Kelly Ryan there in one of his sections from the, the book and the audio piece that we're talking about this evening. Three men talking about things they kind of know about. Um, so the audio, Kelly, from you, yeah. we can hear that people can hear the audio in its entirety. It's about 35 minutes. A lovely yeah. listen. It's a, yeah. it's a touching listen. It's Where up, can we get it? It's up there on Spotify already. So... Uh, seek it out it's it's a it's a beautiful piece and we're very very proud of it and the book uh, column it, it has there you're telling me there are some extras in here as well yeah we've got a four we've got four we all wrote forwards and contextualize it and reflect them back in it and then we've got um, a piece from Gemma Tipton who brought the play down to Kinsale years ago and the director mm. um, Sarah Brennan wrote a lovely piece for it as well and there's some archival photos in there as well which is quite nice any chance that we get three men talking about things they found out since they were talking about things they kind of knew about? Yeah, well, there's a little bit in the forwards, but yeah, it's kind of mad for us to, we haven't spent so much, as much time together working together and collaborating the way we have and remembering right. like why we did it in the first place been really nice, you know? Yeah, so, you, know, you never know. Maybe. 40-year-olds have something to say too. They sure do, Sean. plus year They sure do. Right, okay. <laughs> Listen, thanks to both of you com- for, thanks, for coming in thanks. and do check out the audio on Spotify. Colm Keegan and Kelly Ryan there and a limited edition publication of the play with new forwards, essays and photos of your younger selves. Oh, yes. <laughs> Available in Books Upstairs, both in person and online. You can find out full details on booksupstairs.com.